Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. I didn't think I would do an episode on clairvoyance, but today is our Q&A, and I think, actually, it's a great question. What is clairvoyance? Let's go straight into the topic. I want you to understand better what clairvoyance is in case it happens to you, because it might. But also, if you go and see a clairvoyant or if you have been to a clairvoyant, you might wonder how it works. And generally, it's a good idea to be more knowledgeable in this respect, even if you're in business, even if you're not in the business of being a psychic medium, because it could happen to you. And if you don't know what's happening, then that can be very frightening. I remember having a lot of different experiences where I had no one to tell me what the heck was going on. And I suppose I'm doing this podcast for my younger self, um, which I assume is you, no matter what your age is, so that you can find someone who gives you information that makes sense. Um, sadly, there's a lot of information that's bandied out and um, sometimes by clairvoyance because they don't actually understand that much how their clairvoyance works because it's so natural to them they haven't had to deconstruct it. Now, I have had to deconstruct it because I am not actually clairvoyant, even though I'm psychic. And I'm hesitant to say the word psychic because, first, that's not a word that I like, and I still doubt my psychic abilities. But I suppose I have enough of a track record, having done this thing for now um, 17 years, having had incredible feedback on what I've been able to see for other people, uh, my main Claire, though, and we're going to talk about the Claire's and how it's relevant and not relevant to you at the same time. So I want to start this conversation by saying nobody needs to know about the Claire's to be intuitive. Intuition works in many different ways, but there could be a preferred option for your intuition. And that preferred option could be clairvoyance. So I wanted to clarify what clairvoyance was from that perspective. We are going to start, as with everything that we explore, with a definition from a dictionary. I'm a big dictionary fan. fan. I don't think I've ever mentioned that to you, but even as a child, um, my dad would always have a dictionary at hand. We used to have dinner uh, in our dining room, had uh, a little library by the side where all the dictionaries were kept. And whenever we asked a question or we didn't understand a word, my dad always made sure that we got into the habit of going to the dictionary, which was a way to, you know, seek further knowledge. And it was really interesting when I Googled uh, clairvoyance in all the different dictionaries because the uh, definition of it is always seems to be full of doubt. So here's the Oxford Dictionary online definition, which I thought was really interesting. 
the supposed faculty of perceiving things or events in the future or beyond normally normal sensory contact. And then it goes on to say that it comes from the French of clair, which means clear, and voir, which means to see. So you see clearly. So it's linked to an extrasensory perception. So we're clear about that. It's something that you might see that other, people's, uh, other people don't, okay? The people who claim to have this ability are called clairvoyants. I know this is obvious, but let's start with the obvious, okay? I would say most psychic mediums are clairvoyant, but I know that some of them are more clairaudient, which is when you receive through hearing. And I'm not going to talk about this too much, the hearing piece today, because I really want to focus on clairvoyance. So what is clairvoyance exactly? I would define it as the ability to see without your eyes. Now that sounds really strange. How could that even happen? Now I did a bit of research on the clairs as well. And even though I believe there are at least six clairs, most psychics only recognize four of them. So there's clairvoyance. So it's about seeing what's not visible. Clairaudience is about hearing what is not audible to most people. Clairsentience is about feeling things. So that's um, a typical um, way that empath people, empathic people would receive information because they feel other people's emotions as if it were their own. And I know I have that ability to a certain extent, which is why at some point in my life, I thought I was a moody person because my mood would change so abruptly depending on who I was with. And I never put two and two together. I never found out that actually it's because I was claircognizance. Um, so, oh, sorry, clairsentience, which means I could feel other people's feelings. So even though they might have a brave front and put a smile on their face, if they were feeling a sort of turmoil with internally, I would pick up on that. But because, of course, nothing explained why I was feeling this turmoil around me, I was um, certainly befriended more than once. Clear cognizance is what my strongest clear is, is when you just know what you know without knowing how you know it. Um, but I add to that two um, clairs that I've experienced myself personally. There's clear gustance, which is um, when you taste things. And clear aliens when you smell things. Now, I've smelled cigar in my house when nobody was smelling cigar. Uh, nobody was smoking, sorry. I was alone in my house. And I later found out that both my grandfathers would smoke cigar um, occasionally. They were really social smokers, more like, I suppose, when they got together in a club or something with other men. Um, that was quite a thing in their day. And so I learned to associate the smell of cigar, even though I asked them to stop because it makes me so sick. I just cannot stand the smell of cigar. Um, I asked them to stop um, creating this smell to make me know that they were there and to use another sign. So that gives you a little bit of the, um, you know, it's funny that people talk about a sixth sense as if there was only one. No, there's actually, for me, there are six different ones. And for most psychics, at least they, they mention four of them. Uh, they say that you receive clairvoyance through your crown and then it's processed in the third eye. They may or may not be right. I have no idea. 
but I want to, at this stage, distinguish between clairvoyance and psychosis, because that's something that was very prominent in my mind. I had a lot of fears around uh, clairvoyance and psychic abilities, because how do you know if it's actually a mental illness or if it's um, an ability that you have? And I will say that people who suffer from psychosis are actually using their, their clairs, but because they're imbalanced, um, they probably get information that is of a lower vibration, that is fragmented, and some of it is probably hard for them to distinguish between their mind and what they're actually receiving. It's almost like, and I, I, I've known that to be true, and I've talked to a shaman who, um, who I've talked to um, quite extensively about this topic because she used to work in a mental health um, setting is that very often people who experience psychosis, um, it's actually an opening of their third eye, but because it's not done um, with people who understand what's happening, that can be very traumatic and that can also compromise their mental health. So there is a fine line between psychosis and clairvoyance, but I will say for the sake of um, keeping it general, that if you're not in a mental health crisis when you receive clairvoyance, whereas when you're in psychosis, that's, that's what happens. There is a crisis. There is, um, you know, um, a climax. So the feeling will be completely different. You will feel um, clear in your head. You will feel calm. Uh, there won't be any sort of um, build up to it or anything like that. So I hope this helps you at least to have an understanding. And if you have a history of mental health, then I would really encourage you to be very cautious on how you use um, your intuition. And I would ask you to work closely with someone who has extensive knowledge of um, the energy world, but also combine maybe with a good knowledge of mental health. I have no idea how you can find that person. I haven't met one myself yet, but I'm pretty sure this, there are some out there. So just ask the universe to bring you that person and, and trust what you get if, if you come across that person. I actually know one person who talks a little bit about that. Um, Kathy Motram, I think. Um, but, um, you know, do your own research. All right, so it's important to make that dist distinction because also uh, the kind of messages or images you would get through psychosis, it's probably likely to be a lot more disturbing than what you would get through pure clairvoyance. Although I know clairvoyants who get warnings for whenever there's a catastrophe happening on Earth. So as I said, the line is, is, is fine and... Um, if you're navigating that fine line, as I said, reach out to someone that you trust and, and proceed with caution. Now, I, what I find really interesting is that whether you see with your eyes or whether you see in theory with your third eye, which is what clairvoyants claim, which is um, located in between, on, on your forehead. It's an energy center that is supposed to be on your forehead. I have no idea, I've never had a proof of it. Um, this is just jargon that um, psychics use and I'm, because I'm more of a, I proceed more with a, a scientific approach, um, I say, okay, you can call it that if you want. Uh, I have no idea actually where clairvoyance comes from. What I do know 
is that the clairvoyance that we get, we get from the same place as we get um, real things that we look at. So uh, the reason is it's all energy. And everybody will tell you that matter is actually only energy moving and it's not really matter. Um, and scientists have come to that conclusion. And yet you can still see matter. And for so what you see when you're clairvoyant is matter that is at a higher frequency than what is deemed to be material, okay? And, and then I suppose it's all about what can others see and what can you see and the difference between the two. If you see something that someone else can't see, then it's likely to be clairvoyance. But it can be very subtle, and we'll get into the, the meat of this in, in a minute. So it's the same principle. You're reading energy, and you're interpreting through your senses what this energy is, okay? Now, I want to um, talk a little bit about law of attraction and manifesting at this point, because I think it's linked to this, because... Um, the way things work is that clairvoyance, you're seeing something before it's fully materialized. So things take time to, material, to manifest in the physical. And uh, one of the typical areas where this can be observed is in the health or in the illness um, manifestation. So um, people who are energy, who work with energy with the intent to help people get to wellness I don't like using the word healer too much, uh, will tell you that the illness manifests first as a block in the energy field um, in the person that they, they, they read. So they read the energy of the person. Uh, and that little by little, it manifests from one plane to another until it's solidified in the body. So if you catch something early, whilst it's still um, um, in the energy field, so whilst it's still in the clairvoyance area of things, then you might be able to revert the energy and prevent it from happening. So everything is first energetic for sure, okay? So we, have, we all have an energy field, and I want to talk about it a little bit because, funny enough, for me, I came to psychic abilities through my, I suppose, my healing journey. So I trained first as a spiritual healer, because I kept on having people telling me that I had a gift. Um, actually, it was, it was a first reading that I had in 2003 after I moved to the UK. I had a lady who helped me a lot. She was a clairvoyant um, back in Paris, uh, especially towards the end of my marriage. And um, I really admired her for her wisdom and um, her compassion. Um, I got to, to meet her because she was referred to me by a friend who had been to her and had been really impressed by what she did. Initially, she did um, graphology, which has nothing to do, and a little bit of numerology, which has nothing to do with psychic abilities. But then for people who were open to it, she would actually blend some of her psychic uh, abilities into the, her reading. So she was able to tell you things that weren't strictly in the numbers and in your handwriting and then expand on that. So she was, in effect, reading energy. And uh, what I want you to understand is that we all have an energy field, but because a lot of people are depleted energetically, um, it's not that easy for people to actually read auras. Uh, I'm going to call it aura, but I think I prefer the, the term uh, energy field. 
Um, and most people, their energy field will not be visible to the eye, um, even if it's very, very bright. But I want you to understand that we all have an energy field and you need to understand about the energy field because that's how clairvoyants get their energy. They read the energy, uh, their information, sorry. They read the energy around you. So everything that I'm going to list right now has an energy field around it. So humans, um, I think that's an obvious. And there's some people who, um, who supposedly catch auras on photograph. It's called Kirlian photography, I think. I had a couple made for myself and I was quite fascinated by it to start with. But um, I, I, again, I don't know for sure if that's what they capture or not. It's just a fascinating topic. So humans, animals, plants, uh, Kirlian photography has been able to capture energy fields around these three. Uh, buildings have energy uh, of themselves, governments, organizations, and even thoughts. Thoughts have energy of their own that can be captured as well. You can capture someone else's thoughts or you can capture a body of thought, you know, a, a, a belief, a, a, a collective belief. So what clairvoyants do is they read energy around things. So that's why they're able to tell you information about yourself. However, they need to have permission to do that. Some people do it without permission. And I would say if someone does that to you, and be very mindful and careful because that's a crossing of boundaries. And I would, um, I would personally not entertain a, um, a relationship with, with a clairvoyant that does that. It's often a sign that people are not trained properly because I believe that clairvoyants that are trained properly understand that it's not okay, that there's an ethic code and it's not okay to read someone without their permission. Now you might be able to gain information for your own purpose to protect yourself from someone else without their permission, but that's not the same as reading someone. And there's a lot of people who do that, actually. Uh, I need to tell you that the, the world of, um, of healers and psychics is a bit of a jungle, and I want you to exercise discernment around that, okay? But you read energy exactly the same as a clairvoyant does, only you don't know that you're doing it. So that's the difference. And I'm gonna explain to you how. We, this energy field, and I, I might have mentioned this on my video for my epic framework when I talked about energy. Our bodies um, naturally create these little strands of energy that we send out as feelers to make sure that we're safe. Some people call that their spider sense. Uh, it's how you can feel there's danger even if you don't know that it's there. It's that sort of level of intuition. And I know for myself, I know immediately when I meet someone in person, at least, if I like their energy or not, and if I'm, I can trust them or not. It's something that I just know. And I know this is because my energy field sends these little strands of energy out that touch these strands of energy of the other person, because we all have them. And we don't need to understand energy at all to be able to do that. That's what I want you to understand as well. And then we know exactly if we're on the same vibe or not, or if there's something off. So it's a, it's a very basic level of, um, I suppose, intuition, where you read someone's energy without knowing why you feel a certain way, but you have some information from it. And I will say, I believe everybody is clairvoyant when they're um, born, um, but it's just that over time, it's a sense because it's not um, fostered, 
it's not honed, it's not understood. It's something that kind of goes into, um, um, well, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find the exact word, but when you don't use something for a long time, then it becomes sort of um, dormant, I suppose. So we all have that ability dormant in ourselves. And it was dimmed through education because um, our entire educational system, and I'm not saying this is a right or wrong thing, puts a huge emphasis on what can be seen, touched, heard, felt, um, tasted, etc. It puts such an emphasis on the sixth sense, uh, the fifth sense, the five senses, sorry. I'm too used to talking about sixth sense, that it kind of um, makes us not trust what we can perceive that we cannot see, touch, hear, smell, or, or feel. I want to tell you about my first experience with a clairvoyant because I believe this is going to inform for some of you who are completely new to the subject. I mean, um, there might be some of you who've already had many clairvoyant readings, and I'm very happy about that. And I would love for you to come and share your experience in the group because I want people to be less uh, stressed or less fearful about it. I was incredibly fearful about it because I was convinced that if I went to a clairvoyant, they would tell me that I would die um, <laughs> a horrible death uh, at a young age, etc., etc. I had been completely conditioned in being afraid of death and I'm almost obsessed by it um, because it was never talked about. So sometimes when you don't talk about something, it becomes more important because it's a taboo and it, it def it's definitely a taboo. Um, so my first encounter with a clairvoyant, I was dragged there by my, um, what was um, a very close friend of mine back then. And the guy was called George. I still remember it. I still have the tape actually with the recording and I, I, maybe I should, I don't even know if I have something to listen to anymore. And of the three things that I remember the most is that he said that uh, I would marry my boyfriend of the time, that we would have two sons and that I would write books. And he was right on all counts. However, what he said, the way he said I was going to marry my, my boyfriend, he said it in a way that actually was a very clear sign that my marriage, my first marriage, wasn't going to be happy. And, um, and in the way that he phrased it, I don't even know if he was conscious of it, if he was shown that it wouldn't turn out too well, or whether it was just the choice of words that came naturally to him because it, it was significant. But he said something in the vein of, I hope you want to marry him because you will. And so that was actually a warning sign that things weren't going to work too well. The two sons was really interesting because I actually gave birth to a son and a daughter. But it so happens that um, the child that was assigned female at birth turned out to be a trans man. So he was actually right, but it took 60 years for that truth to unfold. So I want you to understand when, when a clairvoyant does a reading, um, it can sometimes take um, decades or more for it to come true. And as far as books, um, yes, I have written quite a few books. Um, this being said, and this is the reason why I want you to have this knowledge about clairvoyance and clairvoyant readings. A clairvoyant can only read to the level of wisdom that they personally have and to the level of vibration that they get. So, um, uh, you know, we always take readings with a pinch of salt. Don't um, make them um, into a gospel or something that is absolutely true. But there's two reasons for that. 
The first is you never know. People will never be able to actually know for sure if you're going to make something happen because a clairvoyant told you that it was going to happen, whether it was going to happen anyway. And I don't think there'll be any scientific method that will ever be able to play that one out. But what I want to say from my own esoteric understanding, because I have um, one of my special interests as an autistic person is past lives, clairvoyance, tarot, psychic abilities, etc., etc. This is something that I'm fascinated I've read so many books about it. I've gone to so many readers. I've studied it. That's why I say sometimes I have a PhD in intuition because it's something that I've uh, studied extensively, but I've also had hands-on experience for more than 30 years um, with phenomena, all sorts of phenomena. Healing, that's how I came into the psychic field. It was through my healing practice. Yeah, I started mentioning that I trained as a, a spiritual healer first, uh, and then I moved on to training Reiki. And then the more I worked with energy for people to support their health, the more I started getting information. I started seeing auras. Actually, I saw my first aura long before I was trained in energy. It was an amazing experience. It totally blew my mind. I wasn't prepared for it. And, um, and I just wanted to learn more and more and more. And it was interesting because it was with one of my favorite authors that I went to see in the lecture theater and she just shone like a sun. And she lit up the entire room. It's something that I really would love for you to experience. Now that's clairvoyance. Uh, even though I'm saying I'm not clairvoyant, I have these uh, little pockets occasionally where I get, um, I get to see things that other people don't see. So about these clairvoyant readings, what I want you to understand is that um, we map out our lives before we incarnate. And I know this is taking maybe a lot for some of you who don't believe in reincarnation. Um, I've, I've come to the conclusion reincarnation is real. Um, but I mean, I suppose all religions say that the soul uh, survives the body. But then why would we have only one life? If we only have one life, we'll only be able to experience one gender. Well, that's not strictly true. If you're transgender, then you'll experience two in different ways. Um, you would only be able to experience one race, uh, one culture. Of course, you can move uh, abroad like I've done, become an immigrant, learn another culture, another language. But overall, you'd be limited to a certain experience. And even though an experience of a lifetime can be very rich, you would still miss out on so much of the, what's out there that you haven't. And I believe that as souls, we're here to experience things. Knowledge is nothing without experiencing things. Experience brings a level of wisdom into knowledge that uh, pure knowledge never will. So I believe, and I'm asking you to keep an open mind about this, and if I plant a seed in your mind because you've never heard about reincarnation or never thought of it in that way, uh, even if you're a Christian, for example, I want you to understand that actually reincarnation was part of the original Christian teachings and it was pulled out for a very specific reason in terms of control by the, by the church. So um, even if you think, oh my God, it's, it's contrary to my own religion, um, know that a lot of religions have been um, interpreted and translated and manipulated and curated, sometimes for a very social uh, aim rather than a spiritual aim. And this is why I don't believe that religion and spirituality actually are the same thing. So you would, and I'm going to say would, I want to say this as a hypothesis, and then I'll tell you why I now am a firm believer in reincarnation. Uh, you would have 
mapped out the big, the big milestone in your life, as well as some exit points. Um, so these can be read by clairvoyance. They will have access to that information as long as you give permission for that to happen. And I've told you that some of them will without your permission, and that's that's their problem, and that's it's going to create some problems with them. But um, so that's that, and the rest is kind of fluid, and it evolves as we go. So we could have some milestones that we know, like maybe my marriage to my first husband was def a definite. But then what would come out of it, how long we would be married, whether we'd have children, etc. this could have been fluid, depending on what kind of experience we both had decided to have together. And I know actually now uh, in my soul that we had a soul contract, my first husband and I, and I know that I've completed it and that's why I was able to move on. Now, if there's enough interest, I will do a specific, um, perhaps a specific episode on past lives. Um, but the, that's all I want to say to you at this point, because um, you want to know what happens, you know, why is it that something can be true at some point and it's not true anymore two years later? Why do some things don't happen that um, were said in readings? Now, there could possibly be the fact that the reader is not reading your energy correctly, that they're making a mistake and everybody is entitled to make a mistake. We don't have to, you know, um, burn them at the stake because they've made a mistake. Um, they could have done a reading when they were too tired or, you know, wanting to force the issue when they actually couldn't read your energy properly. There's all these things that can come into play. Or, and we know that these people exist, or they're, they're a very small minority, they could have made the whole thing up just to get your money and, and to, you know, scam you. And, and there, I'm not denying that there are some psychics out there who are not actually psychics who want to scam people. But I want, I want to say it's like in every profession, it's usually a minority. So don't assume that because something hasn't happened that you've been scammed. Uh, it's a very complex. Uh, it's not a black and white thing. And there's a lot of gray area. As well, it's because we have this will, this, this free, free will, that we can change the scenario, the script as we go along. Just like if you had... Um, I think the screenplay analogy is very good. You might have had a screenplay and you're an actor and you decide to play such a role in your lifetime. Well, at one point, you might not like what you're doing and you might want to improvise and change things a little bit. Nothing stops you from doing that as an actor, okay? Now, there's a myth about clairvoyance that people can see outside themselves. Uh, that it's literally like, an, um, like, for example, if you were a psychic medium, you would see an apparition of the dead person. The reality is likely to be much more subtle. And even though it's happened to some psychics and it happens occasionally, the amount of energy that would be needed for you to be able to see things as if they were in front of you, like solid, um, it would take so much energy from you and from whoever wanted to appear to you that I think it's not a very likely um, happening. What happens, it's more that um, you're going to have a glimpse of something. And very often people talk about catching it on the side of your eye. But very often, and I, I want to talk a little bit about visualization here because there's a lot of people who say, I can't visualize when I do guided meditation, I can't see anything. And that's something that I've had to address occasionally uh, with my patients when I was a clinical hypnotherapist. But what I understood is that as long as you could recognize your door 
between um, several different doors, then you're able to visualize. So don't fixate on the fact that you can't actually see an image in your mind. It could be just that you know that it's there, okay? You don't need to actually see. Now, one thing that I've, so there's two things I wanna say about this. First, never force your clairvoyance. Don't push it. Your psyche, your higher self, your mind knows what you can cope with and what you can't. And I need to tell you that psychic um, experiences can be overwhelming. So you don't want to run before you're ready. Uh, you want to take it at the pace that your own, um, I suppose, higher self know that you are able to take. And I know for me, it's been incredibly slow and I've been frustrated, but I've learned to just live with it and to surrender to the process. Know that you always have what you need. It might not look like what you want it to look, but it's always going to be useful. So um, open your mind, release control of how things are going to happen. It's not like when you study law or mathematics and all you need to do is put the effort in and read enough and then you get to the next level. With all the clairvoyance, the clairs, the intuition, everything is organic and it happens when it's meant to happen and you don't actually have much control over what happens. You do, however, have control how you receive the information and when you receive it and if you're ready. So if that's something that you didn't want to happen, you can absolutely close uh, your clairvoyance. And I know I've done that myself when I was a child. It's actually a psychic medium that explained to me the reason why I can't see it is because I was scared by my great-grandmother who was a medium who I'd never met in person and who literally came into my bedroom when I was a child. And I was really, really scared by that apparition. I think she was very stern looking. She had a, a real resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> and I was completely spooked. So it's going to unfold as it's meant to be. But what I want you to understand is that at the early stages, it's likely to look more like you noticing something in your environment. So I know that very often for me, if my, um, if my higher self and my intuition wants me to know something, if they want to show me a sign, it will turn my face very slightly and my eyes will be sort of attracted by something that I'll notice. It's something that I wouldn't have, you know, there's so much that we don't see around us that you can understand that your own intuition might use your eyes and guide your eyes to look at certain things. So suppose I had asked a question from the universe and wanted to have an answer with regards to maybe creativity, let's put it this way. And on my shelf right now, as I'm looking out, uh, talking to you, I can see 10 to 15 books on business. One of them is about creativity. It's called Be Magic. I reviewed it for the podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and do it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. So if I was asking my intuition, am I ready to start this big creative project? Now my clairvoyance might draw my eyes to Big Magic and that's almost like the book would stand out compared to the other ones. The energy of the book would, um, would be more vibrant than the rest of it. Does that make sense? That is clairvoyance as well. So you can be looking at things that everybody else can see, but the bit that you see that other people don't see is that little spark, almost like the, th the thing is lit up. And it's not like physically lit up, it's just that you notice it energetically, okay? Um, now, one way that I found is amazing to start using your clairvoyance is to use a tarot deck. And I will be doing some mini videos around the tarot. Uh, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen soon. 
So if you want to make sure that you don't miss them, I would encourage you to sign up for my newsletter because I'm going to be talking about, um, about this, this topic, um, especially around the tarot and how you can use the tarot in business uh, without having had that, uh, that clear um, ramped up, even if you're not clairvoyant, even if all your clear, uh, all your sense, your psychic senses are dimmed, then there's still ways and tools that you can use to get information. And you can see that with the tarot card. I'm going to show a card here uh, on the video because I think I'm going to put this video on YouTube. Uh, but if you don't, um, if you're watching and uh, listening to this on the podcast, I encourage you to come into the group where I will be posting um, a post about this podcast episode, as I do now every week, and we can start the conversation and I might share uh, an image from a tarot card, as um, images speak to the psyche and to energy much, much quicker than words do. This is also something I want you to understand. Uh, I teach all my clients how to become more aware of their psychic senses and how to use them and hone them. Obviously, as long because this, this, in this process, you have to make sure that you're very grounded. If you're not grounded, then you have a risk of tipping into the psychosis, mental health issues that I mentioned earlier. So clairs are not for everyone. Uh, they're usually used by psychic most, psychics mostly. However, as I said to you, this gentle pull of your eyes to look at something, um, to see a sign, is a form of clairvoyance that I would really encourage you to follow and keep track of and, and play with, okay? But becoming a psychic or using your clairs is something that requires proper training. It requires a healthy mind and a healthy body. And it requires an extensive knowledge of how energy works okay and that's something that i absolutely teach my clients i also work with um you know seasoned psychics as well to help them understand better around the ethics around daily practices that can help them to protect themselves because once you have that psychic ability very often you can become the target of other people's um, um attacks and one of the reasons and i'm going to finish on this but i don't want this to dampen your enthusiasm towards your clairvoyance is that, um, of course, the people who don't want you to see what they're hiding will feel incredibly threatened by your clairvoyance. And this can happen without them knowing that you're clairvoyant. And this is something that happened to me when I was a child again and again and again. It's almost like people could feel that I could see beyond them and I could see through them. And my gaze made them incredibly uncomfortable. And it's almost like for those people who wanted to hide something from me, they were compelled, they had this impulse to try and squash me, intimidate me, or even bully me because they felt threatened by my gaze. If this is something that's happened to you, then that's a sign that you had this clairvoyance quite active in you as a child. I want you to honor it. I want you to journal about the feelings that this has created for you because I know that for me, there's been a lot of negativity around all these things that have perhaps encouraged me, as I mentioned earlier, to shut everything down because it didn't feel safe. But it's possible to feel safe and to use these gifts that have been given to you really for your advantage. Um, and I actually would love for everyone to be able to uh, hone on and develop all their gifts to that level. Because imagine a lawyer that would use their clairvoyance or their clairaudience and who could actually, and this is what I used to do without knowing I was doing it. I could, I got the answers to a lot of legal problems without actually having to do some research to start with. I was shown the answer first and then I could 
um, research and find the background information that supported the vision that I had, rather than doing all the research, which is really, you can, you know, sometimes it can be hit and miss, you can be taken down rabbit holes, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's why the clairvoyance is fabulous in business because it can help you cut through all those rabbit holes and all those um, digressions and all the time wasting that you can do in business. And I'm going to give one example of something that happened a couple of years back. I was shown a wheel. Uh, you know, one of those old fashioned wooden wheel um, that you would have seen in a, on a carriage or something like that. And uh, I had no idea what it meant. And then it was actually a sign that was given to me clairvoyantly um, a month or two before I came across um, someone who talked about uh, hub marketing and they had the exact image that I had seen on their ebook, which is why I was encouraged to actually purchase that ebook because it was relevant to me at the time. So clairvoyance can be incredibly useful for you to know what's the next step in your business, choose the next strategy, etc., etc. And I think that they need to work in tandem. You can't have strategy, pure strategy. You can get lost so many times and get things wrong. But if you have only the, the psychic information, then you're, you're lacking uh, a lot of the business expertise. And I, I think I blend the two quite well. And I know how to teach my clients to trust both and to make them work together. So I'm going to share the link for you to sign up to my newsletter. You'll be able to take my quiz, which is very exciting. So you can find out how strong your intuition is and can you trust it in business yet? But it's also because I send a newsletter every Monday and I will let you know then when I'm doing the teachings around the tarot and, and regularly what the teachings are gonna be in my, in my free group, as well as the hour when I do my, my readings with my business oracle deck. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.